the first thing I would ask somebody is when is the last time you felt joy? Literally, we are moving through life with these to-do lists and we're so obsessed with things like efficiency. I love efficiency, but we're working harder and smarter to work harder and smarter. We're not actually saving time to spend it with the people and the things that we love. We're saving time so that we can spend it working more. And I think that's part of like this cycle that we find ourselves on. I think a lot of the world is just burnt out right now. It's like, where do we go from here? Where is the breakthrough? Like where there was once fires of passion, I think a lot of us feel like ashes. And it's like, Mm -hmm. we need to be reminded that just a tiny ember with the right wind and the right fanning of the flame is going to bring you back. Welcome back to the Ancient Health Podcast, where we educate you on real health solutions that will help transform the way you live, feel, and overcome disease naturally. I'm your host, Courtney Versage, along with Dr. Josh Axe and Dr. Chris Motley. We're so happy you've joined us. Let's dive into today's episode. All right. So today we have with us Jenna Kutcher, and I've been a big fan of Je- Jenna for a while now. In fact, I, I remember when my my podcast, I was one of the first people actually doing podcasts a long time mm-hmm. ago. I remember it was myself and Jillian Michaels were kind of some of the only people doing it. And then over the years, I just saw, Jenna, you continue to skyrocket and just the amount of people that following you and just being inspired by your message and your story. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm one of those people as well. I love you've got a podcast that I think everybody should go listen to. It's called Gold Digger. And so if you want to maximize your life, fulfill your potential, learn about everything from goal setting to overcoming limiting beliefs to being a better leader, both in business, but also with your own family, I think you have such a powerful podcast and you've got a book out. I know we're going to talk about it a little bit today. Um, the book is called How Are You Really? And I think this is an awesome question I'm excited to get into. But I guess first off, let me ask you, how, how are you? <laughs> I I knew that in naming my book, How Are You Really? That I would have the beautiful gift of being so honest. And honestly, I have never felt better. Like physically, mentally, spiritually, I feel so energetic and aligned. And like, I've been an entrepreneur for 11 years I've never had this sort of energy for anything. And I'm a mom of two and not just two, like two little ones. Like I was nursing before I ran into interviews. And so there's a lot happening, but I feel so good. And how are you really? I'm fantastic too. I, my wife and I, we, we lived in Nashville. We actually just uh, are now spending about half the year in Puerto Rico. Love and it. so weather is perfect. My, you know, it's sort of that thing. My, my, my two-year-old just is in heaven down here. She gets to yes. swim all day. So my wife loves it. I love it. Yes. And and we're in a we're in a good spot. I'm spending a little bit more time getting creative, so I'm I'm good. I love that. So one of the things I want to ask you that uh, I think my audience is going to get so much value from is this idea of how do we maximize our potential in life, and also how do we listen to things like our emotions, and how do we get real honest with ourselves? Because one of the things that's so critical in growth is knowing where you're at, is having that level of self awareness, and so. Can you sort of dive into this in this book and this sort of, I I guess a common problem is most people never identify that there's a problem at all. They're always just good or great. Share with me those thoughts and how to actually pinpoint where we're not great. Yes. Okay. So let's think that you and I are going to meet up for lunch and I'm not honest about where I'm starting from. I say I'm starting in New York, when really I'm in Minnesota, my directions, the map that I'm going to get is not going to lead me to you, right? 
most of us are wandering through life and we have these like ambitious, audacious goals, but we're not actually honest about where we're at today. I share this story in my book about how we had um, two pregnancy losses back to back. And I remember sitting down and doing this visualization exercise. And in this exercise, this woman was guiding me through it. And she was like, picture your most vibrant, healthy, energized self. Like, what are you wearing? What do you see? What do you hear? And I pictured this little girl in pancakes, but I also pictured myself in blue jeans and a white linen shirt. And when I opened my eyes, I realized, oh my gosh, I'm sitting here in yoga pants and a t-shirt. Like I'm not even embodying the type of person that I want to become. Like I'm not even showing up today with the things that I can control so that I can hopefully prepare my life for the things that are hopefully coming. And so I think what's so fascinating is, is that your listeners, they're driven people, right? They're ambitious. You tell them something, they're going to go do it. But in this world of personal development, we've lost the personal aspect of it. We're Mm -hmm. so obsessed with the strategies and the systems and the tools and the techniques, but we're not actually checking in and saying, what do I know to be true for me? How do I show up? How am I creative? How am I inspired? How do I follow through on my commitments? How do I move towards that goal? And so that's something I want to encourage people to come back to, because if there's any goal in your life, whether it's health or career or relational, you have to first start with, here's where I'm starting from. Here's point A on the map. I know where I want to go, but here's where I'm starting from, because your directions are going to look totally different if you're honest. It's so good. It's so good because again, I think all of us understand that goal setting is so important that we have this goal out there. We have an aim in life. We have an ideal, but if you don't know where you're starting from, you typically can't get to that goal as effectively. And so, so that point is so key now with this being aware. and, And by the way, I think that we're living in a world today where lying has essentially become uh, it's, it's seen as less of, a, I'm going to use the word sin here, less of a sin, or it's not seen as being bad. It's fa- in fact, and think about this, like 20, 30 years ago, if a government official lied, it was like, wow, that's, this person's not integrous. They're not trustworthy today. You can be in government, you can be in media, you can lie. And I think some of that to a degree is sort of translated to people thinking maybe even lying to themselves. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's, You know, what's so interesting and something that I think about so often is that like we're living in this world that eats with its eyes first, that has become this like peer reviewed journal. Like our lives are literally on display for feedback. And a lot of times I'll run into people, people that you and I both know, super successful people, their lives look incredible and you touch base with them and they're miserable. Right. And so it's like, we have gotten into this place where it's like, we want to portray this certain life, but like, who are you when you're all by yourself? How do you feel about yourself when you're alone? And the thing that I recognize is that like so many of us can't be alone. I have this chapter in my book called the soul Shavasana. When I used to practice yoga, I couldn't lay at the end of a yoga session. I didn't feel like I had earned it. I didn't feel like I deserved it, but I also was afraid to be quiet with my thoughts. I was afraid of like, what's going to come up? Like, what if I'm really honest that like I need to change or I'm not happy or this career isn't working out or this relationship isn't great for me. And so it's really interesting when you think about lying, because I think, yes, we're lying to ourselves. But on top of that, it's like, we're not even giving ourselves an opportunity to lie because we're not asking the questions. That's so good. It's so good. One of the things I love in sort of you know, going to this next, next aspect that you cover in your book so well is what is this pain point? What is that thing that you're on a, that you're deciding 
to just kind of shove back in the closet or push under the rug. And and there and a lot of these have to do with feelings we have or emotions. And so yeah. just a few things I want to I want to call out there. And if anybody is suffering with these, I want to recommend uh, you know getting Jenna's book here. But you know, number one is that question: Are you happy? You know, yeah. are you actually happy with yourself, with your life, with the situation you're in? Another one is how do you feel about yourself? Like your own self-worth and you value valuable. Do you feel valuable? Another one is, Hey, where's your self-confidence? Do you feel mm-hmm. like you can go out and do those things that you really want to do in life? And just a couple more. Another one is, do you feel like your life is meaningful? Does it matter? All of these things I know, Jenna, are things that you sort of help, help people identify and yeah. wrestle with in the book and start taking action steps to go and address. I want to encourage you guys. So in addition to this incredible interview, go and check out Jenna's book. It's How Are You Really? You can go to amazon.com and just search mm-hmm. Jenna Kutcher or How Are You Really? It'll come right up. Mm-hmm. I was just on her page a minute ago and also it's in bookstores nationwide. But Jenna, talk to me about some of these problems or some of these emotions that are impacting people and how common they are. You are going to get this better than anyone on planet earth because you have a toddler. I think that being a parent has been my greatest teaching and something that I've really learned with my three and a half year old is like, she is a deep feeler. Like that girl, it has empathy for days, but she also can like take on energy and it's really fascinating to watch. And I always sit with her when she's, you know, having these feelings and it's like, you can feel these feelings they are meant to be felt like you don't have to run. You don't have to hide. Like they're there, sit with them, even when it's uncomfortable because they're not forever, they're temporary, but they're telling you something. And as adults, I've really had this realization that we've been taught by well-meaning generations before us that happiness is the goal of every day, right? If you're not happy, figure out how to get happy. If you wake up unhappy, get there. All you got to do is just work towards being happy. And in that attempt, we've really stifled our ability to like move through feelings, not move on from them, but like move with them. And it's really been interesting as, you know, a parent who really loves emotional intelligence and wants to raise an emotionally intelligent child. I've recognized that like, wait a minute, adults are doing this all the time. We are, you know, packing trauma down. We are unprocessing um, these things that like are meant to be dealt with. And then they bubble up or they show up in different aspects of our lives. There's a line in my book that says, the way that you show up for your battles is directly linked to the type of warrior you believe you are. Mm. And I think so many of us are feeling broken and bruised or like not confident or not capable. And that's impacting how we're showing up for our battles, but more so how we're showing up for our lives. And so there's this chapter literally about feeling your feelings because they're telling you something, they're signaling something, they're meant to be felt. And then you learn to move with them and they don't become as scary. It doesn't become scary to feel those things anymore. Yeah. You know, there, there's some great clinical research by a researcher. I, I admire greater names, Carol Dweck. She wrote a book called mindset and, and she covers this very thing to a degree. And it's that there's really these two mindsets. One's a growth, one's a fix and growth mindset is about, I'm going to confront the battle. I'm going to be, ex- yes. I'm, I'm actually going to get myself excited Psyched. about the battle and how to yes. take it on versus living in this state of, fear or feeling like you can't, you know, like all of these different, you know, living in that state or just saying, I'm not even like, and I love this analogy you just gave of how are you going to show up to battle? Some people are like, I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to show up. Pick them, not me. Yes. (laughs) It's a, it's a, it's a great example. Yeah. Great example. 
Yeah. It's, you know, it's really interesting to me because like, I'm a highly confident person. And I think a lot of times people are like, where does that confidence come from? But I think that confidence is something that's within all of us. The world has just kind of shot it down or silenced it over time. You look at your child and you're like, oh, these kids are confident. Like they've got it. And so I always want to, I want to tell your listeners to just think about this one question after we finish up is think about this. So often in life, they ask us as adults, like if you could go back and tell your 10 year old self something, what would you say? But I want to flip that. And I want to say, if your 10 year old self could come talk to you today, what would they be sad to know that you no longer do or that you no longer enjoy or that you no longer show up as? What would they be sad to know that you've stifled over the years? And I think that's the million dollar question. That is powerful. I mean, that is so powerful. That that kind of goes right back into so, some of the roots of psychology in terms of what our identity is. Yes. And oftentimes our identity is rooted in who were you as a kid? What would your kids mm-hmm. say to your future? It's, it is, you know, that's powerful. And that's reason enough just, just to, you know, asking questions like that can literally shift our entire future, you know? Yes. And so anyways, I, I love that. Can, can you walk us through and share a little bit with us your story. I know that yeah. you, know, you, you, you've shared a little bit already. Yeah. I'd love to hear sort of, you know, where you were, how, how have you ended up in a position by the way, to where you've had, you know, one of the number one, if not the number one ranked podcast in the, you know, personal growth, self-development section, yeah. you know, you've got two kids now, you've got a great, uh, you know, relationship with your spouse kind of share that. How, you know, what did you have to come overcome limiting beliefs and yes. else along the way? Oh, all those things. So I'm in small town, Minnesota to this day. And by the way, I um, haven't met this just real quick. So my yeah. wife is from Wilmer, Minnesota, which oh, is like yes. in the middle of nowhere. I grew up Wilmer Hutchinson, Mankato. <laughs> yes, exactly. So we're, uh, uh, yeah, you, you get it. You know, it's really funny because my journey started um, in this space about 11 years ago when I found myself in a corporate position and I grew up craving security and safety through a career. Um, My dad worked at a paper mill for 30 years. My mom was a teacher. And just this idea of having a salary and benefits like that felt like, you know, making a million dollars. And so I landed this job in a corporate setting. And I remember just, you know, a year or two in, they handed me my five-year plan. They never once asked me, what do you want for your life? Or are you happy? Or what do you hope to aspire to? It was like, here's your plan. We have it all mapped out for you. They thought they were doing me a favor. And the favor they did for me was telling me what I don't want. I, I remember going back to my office and seeing this picture of my husband, Drew, and thinking, do I want to spend my whole life sitting in this office looking at a picture or do I want to figure out a way to like do life with this person? And um, I didn't know how I was going to, but I bought a $300 camera on Craigslist and became passionate again. I was creative again. I'd never taken an art class, but I've always loved photography. And that camera became my vehicle out of the corporate world. And I became a wedding photographer. And I did that for eight years. I loved it. I became the top wedding photographer in the state. I was self-taught in every realm. But then I found myself at another crossroads when we were trying to grow our family and we had had two losses. And I recognized that like I had built this incredible business, but it required me to show up in order to get paid. Like if I wasn't showing up, I wasn't getting paid. And when we were in that season of loss and grief, it's like I couldn't have a human moment because I had built something that needed me. And so I pivoted again and um, started teaching and I had known and learned so many things that had allowed me to build that business that I wanted to translate. And so then the Gold Digger podcast was born in my garage in a parked car with iPhone headphones. And so it's always been these grassroots efforts that have led to just this exponential possibility 
and it's amazing. But my goal for people is to really like live a life that they enjoy. I think we're not awake to life and we're constantly pushing finish lines further and further out and we're missing the journey because we're so obsessed with the goal. And, um, you know, coming from somebody who has a podcast called the Goal Digger Podcast, it's rich that I want people to enjoy the process of achieving the goal and not just the goal itself. I love it. Let's, let's talk about the process a little bit. When you have, yeah. and I, I know you, you know, work with, you know, maybe it'd be friends, yeah. clients, things like that over the years. When you have somebody who's in that situation to where they haven't answered that question for a long time, how are they? They're in a position where maybe, again, they're unhappy. They have low self-worth, confidence. They're in that position. Walk me through, what are some of the first things you ask them or say to them? And then what's sort of point A? And then if you can bring us to point Z in a few yeah. minutes, if you can't, that's yeah. okay. But what's no, some I of got the you. process? Yeah. The first thing I would ask somebody is, when is the last time you felt joy? literally we are moving through life with these to-do lists and we're so obsessed with things like efficiency. I love efficiency, but we're working harder and smarter to work harder and smarter. We're not actually saving time to spend it with the people and the things that we love. We're saving time so that we can spend it working more. And I think that's part of like this cycle that we find ourselves on. I think a lot of the world is just burnt out right now. It's like, where do we go from here? Where is the breakthrough? Like where there was once fires of passion, I think a lot of us feel like ashes. And it's like, Mm -hmm. we need to be reminded that just a tiny ember with the right wind and the right fanning of the flame is going to bring you back. But the other thing that I always ask people is what is the enough point? Because I think that hustling is a requirement at times to get things off the ground, to get big projects done. But the problem is, is with this hustle culture is there is never enough. It's always this achieving more and more and more. And that's what gets us on that hamster wheel where we can't get off until life or our health or a relationship or something literally combusts in front of us to have us have this wake up call. And so for me, it's like, what is your enough point? Where are you going to draw the line in the sand and say, this is where a job is well done and I can rest now. This is where I can celebrate and enjoy this milestone. This is where I can pause and reflect and check in with myself. And so in the book, there's a chapter on like, what is your enough point? Because I love to work hard. I work hard all of the time, but I also draw a line in the sand and say, and this is where the work stops. And this is where the rest begins. Mm. And the final thing that I would say that I always challenge high achievers like you and I on is you have to train yourself to rest. I know that rest doesn't come easy for people like us. Rest for me is harder than the work. Like I can get up and work day in and day out. Work is easy. Work is my go-to. Work is my autopilot. It's my comfort zone. Rest on the other hand requires work. It requires focus. It requires attention. It requires a level of awareness. And so many achievers aren't willing to put in the work to really feel and honor and, and enjoy rest. And every time in my life where I've given myself a season of rest, man, my creativity is off the wall. My passion is off the charts. My ability to achieve is like next level. And so it's something that I think we forget. Jenna, I had, this is, uh, it's such a powerful conversation. It's a powerful idea you're sharing. I remember my first year in practice. Yeah. I was, you know, I just got out in practice. I'd been in school for, you know, 26 (laughs) years. And finally get out. I'm like, I'm going to hustle. I'm going to go at it. And, and I was already through school. Yeah. My first two years in practice, I was working, you know, 70 hours a week and just doing everything. I get feeling like I'm, I'm here to save the world, change healthcare, help people use food as medicine, all these things. Yes. And I remember I started having digestive issues after a couple of years. And I was thinking, 
I just need to eat even healthier. And first off, yeah. I was already eating healthier than 99% of people. I got even healthier and it and changed some things. I'm like, oh, I got a little better. Then it started getting even worse. I'm like, what's going on here? Yeah. And I met a man uh, who specializes in this ancient form of Chinese medicine. And then he asked me actually to do some of these questions. Yeah. And he's and, and he's like, you know what? You just you just need to rest. And and he said, like, kind of one's enough. And I'm like, and I just started resting more. And all of a sudden, 90 days later, like. And the thing that was hard for me is I'm this, you know, doctor and I, my specialty was helping people heal their gut. I'm out right. with gut issues. Right. It was the over hustle was literally destroying my body, making me sick. I was eating perfect. And I share this with both, you know, patients from the past and the people I coach today is, is yeah. that, you know what, your mindset yep. and your emotional state of health is actually even more important than the food you're putting in your body. Yes. And so all of the, all of these things you're talking about. And some of them are related to stress. You know, 80% of doctor's visits are somehow stress related. So mm -hmm. even as we're talking about whether it's, you know, business or personal life or how these things are also critically important. Let me ask this. One of the other things I see a lot of times with just a lot of people, and this is something that's maybe keeping them from reaching their, their, their potential and being satisfied and happy. But there's sort of like this, there's a lot of internal sort of warfare going on in their mind. You know, there's sort of this internal battle taking place of I'm not enough or I am enough or I'm, I'm fearful. I want to take action, but also I'm, you know, you know, how do you help people? I'm not asking to be a psychologist yeah, here, but yeah. how do you help people deal with sort of like these, you know, this, the, the battle going on within their own minds? Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting that you brought up that example for yourself because I talk about like how we've stopped paying attention to like the pings of our bodies mm. and like our bodies are speaking to us and like we have tuned it out because the world is so noisy. So just as like we're battling in our brain of like, what is my conscious and what is my intuition and what is the world telling me and what did my mom once say and like all of these things, it's like we're afraid to like come home and like trust ourselves. Because there is this inner knowing in all of us. It's like when somebody gets out of a terrible relationship and you're like, were there any red flags? And they're like, oh yes, absolutely. And I ignored them. We have this deep level of inner knowing, but we've gotten so accustomed to lifting our eyes up and out into the world that we've stopped like really tuning into ourselves and our bodies and the way that we feel and the way that we move through life. And so it's really interesting to me because it's like the more that you can like listen to that tiny whisper and honor it, just like our kids do, like our kids, they have this intuition about things. And it's like, we as adults have lost that. And so I would just say, when you get quiet with yourself, what are the things that come up when you wake up in the middle of the night? What comes up when you find yourself with free time? What are you doing? What are you searching for? What forums are you looking down? Like all of these different things are signifying your passions, your curiosity, your creativity, your yearnings, your desires, all of those things matter, but we've put them into this equation where everyone else's criticism and feedback and input and marketing messaging, that's the noise. And so it's like, I sometimes have to visualize turning down the dial of the outer noise and like mm -hmm. turning up the dial of like my inner knowing and my inner tuition. I think this is such great advice because what, 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 you know, part of what I'm getting from that you're saying here is, is that one, you know what, it is meaningful to do what you're meant to do. And rather than pursuing happiness, pursue meaningfulness. And that's doing what God created you to do. And that yes. is going to lead towards happiness as a, you know, sort of as the next thing. One of the last a couple of things I had here for you, 
is how do people make that mindset shift? How do they change their mind about maybe where they were? What are some things they can practically do to, to change their minds? Yeah. One of the things that I've recognized in today's society is that like we have all these incredible, inspiring things like pursue your passions. And I would say that most adults these days don't even know what they're passionate about anymore. Mm. Right. It's like we don't even know what lights us up. We don't remember the last time we felt that joy or that spark. And so even though it feels counterintuitive, what I want to encourage you to do is to play more play for the sake of playing. We are such an output based society that we find our worth in what we've accomplished for the day, but your creativity will come back to you. It's never left you. It's right there. And so like, I've learned so much from just playing with my kids. Like if you've ever had to like make a magnificent snowman out of Play-Doh and then shove it back into the canister at when it's done, you recognize that you have to enjoy the actual art of playing, not just the end product. And so I would just encourage people to do that. But I would also say when it comes to this mindset thing, we have to understand that like when you see someone else's success, they are painting the possibility. They're showing you what's possible. When you see somebody else's struggle, they are giving you these tools so that you can learn how to move through things that you might encounter on your own. We are all walking through life together. And like, if we can link arms and learn from one another, but stay connected to what we know to be true for ourselves, that's how we as a society start to move forward, start to be better, do better, learn better. Um, and so I would just say, like, I had to shift seeing other people's success and not saying her success is my failure, but saying her success is showing me what's possible for me too. And I think that that's really important to remember in such a shiny, like social media based world that we live in. It's so good. You know, I, re I was reading a study recently about just, we all know this. We don't need a study yes. to tell us this, but how social media actually makes, you know, people feel about themselves, but it essentially causes people, even from an identity standpoint, to put on a mask, become less authentic and sort yes. of pose who they, you know, aren't really. And I, I think one of the reasons why your book is so powerful and it's so great for right now is it's helping people overcome them. It's helping people become the real them. And when people are the real them, as you state in your book, they're able to live more meaningful lives, do what they're great at, have more, happy, you know, all, all of these things it lead, lead a more happy and fulfilling life. I want to encourage everybody, check out Jenna's new book. It is incredible. It's called How Are You Really? By the way, I love how you go through in the book all of these questions. You help people yeah. to know how they feel. You help people to start ditching those limiting beliefs, go after those goals, hear themselves, change their mind, how to pursue their dreams. You really give them a roadmap to, uh, to, to get there. So I want to encourage everybody, check out the book. It's called How Are You Really? You can go to amazon.com right now and get the book and or go to a bookstore nationwide. How Are You Really? Here by Jenna Kutcher. Also, make sure to check out Jenna's podcast. It's mm -hmm. called Gold Digger. And you'll see it is ranked one of the top, if not the number one podcast on iTunes, especially in sort of the, the personal growth leadership business section. You'll find it there. Any last words or thoughts, Jenna? Oh, thank you. And just thank you for the work that you do. I feel like passion is contagious. And if we can all live more passionate lives like you do, I think that it just inspires the masses. So just thank you for showing up the way you do. And I hope everyone can learn how to live their own truth in that way so that we can just be a more passionate group of people. Agreed. All right. Well, everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks again, Jenna, for being part of uh, today's episode. And hey, praying your book, How Are You Really, is blessed in a big time way. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me.